Hello and welcome everybody to the Sat Talk Radio Network. This is the Health and Wellness Show. I'm your host Tiffany and joining me from my virtual studio from all over the planet we have Erica and Elliot. Jonathan might join us later. Doug and Gabby are away today. But we do have a very special guest in our studio today. His name is Dr. Mark Circus. Uh, he is a doctor. He's the director of the International Medical Veritas Association. He's an acupuncturist, and he's also a doctor of oriental and pastoral medicine. His website is called drcircus.com. He's written loads and loads of articles about natural medicine and treatment protocols. He also has several books that he's written uh, that you can uh, find on his website. Uh, so welcome to the show, Dr. Circus. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. Okay, Dr. Circus, can you tell us a little bit about your background before we start getting into your treatment protocols? Background, like my life story? <laughs> no, just, um, just about how you got into natural medicine. Uh, basically, I started in New York. I studied uh, shiatsu which is like uh, acupressure, Chinese form of uh, treating the body with your hands. Uh, that was very important for me because it was the first time I learned how to get out of myself and into the worlds of other people through my hands. I was a very self-obsessed young man and uh, really hard for me to stop thinking about myself and think about others. Uh, then I went to the University of the Trees, which was a community in Boulder Creek, California, which was uh, pretty popular in the 70s and 80s, a very intense place run by Christopher Hills. Uh, he was the guy who created spirulina, so he was really into health. Uh, he wasn't into medicine, but he was definitely into health. And there uh, I learned a process called creative conflict, um, which is such a powerful, really right-on process that nobody wants to do it. Uh, it, it works, uses listening as its main tool, and people don't like to learn to listen, don't like to admit they don't know how to listen very deeply. So I became basically a communication psychologist. That was one of my real focuses in life. And his other big thing, gift to me, was um, color psychology, or what is called perceptual psychology in Harvard University, using the chakras or the basic Roy G. Biv, rev, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, to color code human beings along these seven color, color bands or perceptual levels or levels of intelligence. And this gave me a real a map or tool to not only understand myself, but to be able to get into other people's inner worlds who are different than mine. And from there, I went to acupuncture school and, and became a doctor of Chinese medicine, oriental medicine, um, and then opened up some practice in New Hampshire, and the medical people went after me and charged me for practicing medicine without a license. And I went to the state senate and fought that out and lost and left the state, went underground, and through the years of kind of being underground, I went back more into therapy and started working with women who had been abused sexually or raped, which had a really profound effect on me and my life and my future. And then I came down to Brazil 26 years ago 
came down here on a prayer, literally. I prayed for a new life and got an answer from the heavens telling me where I was. And I've been here for 26 years. And about 13 years ago, when my third child was born, the day after we came back from this natural hospital birth, uh, I wrote a book and it took me two months, eight weeks, called Cry of the Heart. And that eventually I changed the title to The Terror of Pediatric Medicine. And that really, really defined, it was my coming back to the world and having some sort of function or use in the world, except the vaccines is a very dangerous and difficult issue uh, that doesn't really change. It's like the whole international monopoly on vaccines. It's like the real globalization. It's, it's this terror medical terrorism that spread around the globe and people just have rolled over to it. And but anyway, the God kind of saved me from that and being totally obsessed with that. And I discovered this product called magnesium oil, which is actually magnesium chloride. Um, I discovered it and um, it was kind of thing. You, of course you could drink it and do lots of things with it, but it was being sold at that time in a very impure form that you put on your skin and the magnesium would go through the skin. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a book about that and it became very successful, it put me on the medical map and I became like the magnesium man. But then I didn't stop at that and I went into sodium bicarbonate. I wrote a book about that. I'm the only doctor in the world who wrote a book about sodium bicarbonate, baking soda. And then I went to iodine and selenium and books on cancer. And But basically what, what happened in discovering that magnesium oil or magnesium chloride it was used in emergency rooms, intensive care wards, that if a person had a heart attack and you had a really good doctor, when you would inject sodium chlor uh, magnesium chloride, it would, can save a person's life in a heartbeat. And actually, same thing with sodium bicarbonate. They use that when the blood starts becoming acidic. The blood's very sensitive and goes too much into acidic, you can die very quickly. So when a person's blood starts frying of acidity, they inject sodium bicarbonate. And again, it saves life in a heartbeat. Even selenium can be injected. So in this beginning of my research in these different medicines, because they were all came from the emergency room, I had this incredible amount of information and you know, clinical experience from different hospitals and clinics around the world. And I developed this new principle of medicine, new form of medicine. I call it natural allopathic. Allopathic because there's just miles and miles of science and clinical experience behind everything I talk about, especially at the core of my protocol. Um, <clears throat> And basically, you apply, if you do it at home, use these things, but you drink them, or you put them on your skin, or you get in the bathtub and you fill up the bathtub with magnesium or sodium bicarbonate, you're imitating what they do in the emergency room. But instead of working with somebody who have 30 seconds to save their life, might be dealing with a cancer patient. Of course, you have months and, you know, it's long. And you apply these medicines instead of in 30 seconds, you do it every day, many times a day, day after day. Mm -hmm. 
and you throw it's like throwing panzer divisions at whatever disease you're working on you're using very powerful things that work quickly but when you're up against difficult diseases like cancer you need a lot of firepower and my protocol provides it all naturally meaning there's no pharmaceuticals in my protocol not even aspirin Okay, well, Dr. Circus, I wanted to get into your treatment protocols. You mentioned magnesium, sodium bicarb, baking soda, and iodine. Can we just go through those one by one, start with magnesium? Why is magnesium so important? Like there's a lot of people in the world who are magnesium deficient. What is the great thing about magnesium, even if you're not, you know, suffering from cancer or having a heart attack in an emergency room? Well, the easiest way to understand magnesium is if you understand what oil does to a car. And if you try to take a car up a mountain without any oil in in the engine, it'll just seize up. It won't work. Magnesium is like lubrification for all the physiological processes in the body. Almost all of them use magnesium. Just about every 325 enzymes use magnesium, Uh, cell wall integrity, uh, uh, insulin receptivity, insulin production. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Most people in the world are today magnesium deficient because we can't get enough in our diet. Also, because we're stressed out. The more stressed out, the more magnesium you need. Also, because we live in a toxic world and we breathe, especially live in a city, every, every toxin you bring into the body, every molecule of, of the garbage, heavy metals, radiation, chemi- ke- chemicals, you need minerals to, to eliminate these things. So the body needs even more magnesium. Forget about the other minerals too. So we're living in a day, age of high toxicity, high stress and dietary decline because you take an orange, it has maybe 50% of the vitamin C it did 50 years ago because of soil depletion, agricultural methods. So our food has declined and our need has increased. So people are left really in like a Grand Canyon of deficiency. And that's most people. So you take magnesium and... It's, you know, you run, it's like your engine is running hot or trying to go up a mountain and you put the oil in and all of a sudden, <sighs> sigh of relief. It's, for some people, it's very dramatic. How much, magnesium, to- how much magnesium should a person, an average person, be taking every day? And in what form? Well, there are different forms. Uh, My favorite, of course, is the magnesium oil, magnesium chloride. I get massages like five days a week with this magnesium, put it on my body. I've done that for years, probably kept me alive. Um, Most people need about 500 uh, milligrams a day as far as that's what they need to take in every day. And that varies between like 400 and six, 700, depending on what kind of person you are, you're an athlete. Uh, but when you use it as a medicine, depending on your disease situation, you might use one gram, two grams, three grams a day, uh, which is a lot. Um, as I said, but you can, you can vary that. You can drink it. 
or take different types of tablets with uh, magnesium. Um, you can put it on your skin, which I do a lot of. You put it in baths and soak it in through the skin. Do foot baths, full baths. So, you you know, if you're really sick, it's a really good idea to flood your body with magnesium. I mean, literally flood it. Sodium bicarbonate is different. Mm-hmm. Sodium bicarbonate is pH medicine. It's... Uh, you know, you use a pH strip. It's one of the you know doctors don't use them, but you can use them at home. And you like you know it's like put it's it's like putting uh, the the dipstick in the oil. You get to see what's going on in the body. And if you're acid, if your body is acidic, your uric or your uh, saliva is acidic, this is really compromising the whole body because everything is pH sensitive. And pH sensitivity is, you know, when you measure pH, you're also measuring at the same moment uh, cellular voltage, cellular energy. The more acidic, the less energy a person has. And the more acidic you are and the less energy you have, the less oxygen you can use. So when you test a person and they're acidic, you're looking at oxygen, you're looking at uh, cellular energy, and you're looking at the chemistry of the body, which are the pH, meaning every every chemical function, every chemical reaction in the body is pH sensitive. So you get acid. Things are changing. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Well, there's lots of ways, but it's this way, is to drink sodium bicarbonate. Because bicarbonate is, it's a, in the blood, it's a buffer for acidity. So the body always struggles to make enough bicarbonate in the stomach to neutralize the stomach acid, the pancreas to neutralize the food that's coming out of the stomach full of the acid, and the kidneys create bicarbonate to keep the blood really tight control. And you get older and all these things, or you eat, get a lot of toxicity, or you're under a lot of stress, foods or too much coffee, you become acidic. So you emergency medicine, you flood the body to a point. Magnesium, you can take as much as you want. You might get diarrhea. Mm-hmm. But so with sodium bicarbonate, you want to treat cancer, you take enough exactly to get your urinary pH up to 8. 8. 8.1, 8.2, boom, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the average range of... But, of urinary pH or the a person's body pH should be around 7.5 is that correct because there's there's been a lot of talk about uh, pH uh, levels uh, in alternative health and none of it really goes into depth and I like what you said about how uh, chronic disease what you wrote in one of your recent uh, papers or your posts on your website you said that chronic disease is associated with a lack of cellular energy and if you could give us a little bit more detail about how pH is an indicator of how much cellular energy you have, and the more cellular energy you have, the healthier you are, right? A little bit. I lost that last part. You were breaking up. I'm losing my line, actually. Here we go. Okay. Now, I was just talking I'm about back. how, how I'm you... Back. 
Yeah, you wrote in one of your, your last posts about how chronic disease is associated with a lack of cellular energy. And uh, just to tie that back about how you were talking about pH and the body's natural pH level, is that mm-hmm. 7.5? Well, urine over the place from five to six to six point five. Mm-hmm. Uh, the saliva should be around seven, seven point two. Um, so the question is actually what is there a specific question? Yeah, can you give us a little bit more information about how we can use pH to increase our cellular energy and thereby increase our health by taking sodium bicarbonate and increasing your alkalinity mm-hmm. you know a alkaline water what, what what makes water really alkaline really fast sodium bicarbonate it has a, it might not have a very high ph but it has a tremendous amount of alkalinity and there's a difference between ph and alkalinity you can drink high ph water and get a machine that makes high pH water, but doesn't have much alkalinity, which is the power of the pH. Mm-hmm. Sodium bicarbonate—it's a main. It's like body temperature. Body temperature is another one of my most popular page uh, essays. Is on low body temperature. You know, it's it's like pH a little bit. The lower your body temperature goes, the system strength goes. And just the opposite. You have a fever, your immune system really kicks in. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have chronic low body temperature, like acid condition. It's a basic parameter of the body. It's like the water temperature, you know, in the, in the car. It's, uh, it's critical. You know, for a, a good running engine, you need, you know, the thing has to warm up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, I start to call infrared mission. I, I recommend these biomats because you can lay on them, sleep on them all night long. And for a cold person, it's the best. <laughs> it is the best because you're treating, actually treating a basic aspect of body physiology, temperature. Um, Dr. Circus, uh, you, you speak about pH, um, and I'm just wondering, um, you say an acidic sort of pH is, is what is prerequisite to, to sort of these disease conditions. Has that, how does this relate to um, the, the mitochondria? Um, say, is it, is it when the mitochondria is producing less ATP that you get like a buildup of protons or there are excess protons and that is what makes it more acidic? Does it, does it have any relation no. to respiration? No. Well, for sure. Respira- you know, another part of my protocol is, uh, uses this machine called the Breath Slim. It's a little device that was created in Russia. And it's just a little thing you hold in your hand and it has a tube and you blow, you breathe in through your nose and you blow out through your mouth and the air goes down into the machine and into a little water and you blow bubbles. And what it does is it slows your breathing down. Most people are breathing too fast. The faster you breathe, the sicker you are 
the faster you breathe, the sooner you die, basically. It's almost like a statistical thing. And this relates to carbon and, and to pH, because breathing is controlled by you know, changes in pH. Uh, the faster you breathe, the more carbon dioxide you get rid of. You're like an asthmatic. You're, you know, what we breathe, when you exercise, you're making a lot of carbon dioxide. Your cells are you know, getting, making a lot of it. So you have to breathe fast to get rid of it. But when you're not exercising, you're not doing anything, and you're not creating CO2 through muscular activity, and you're still breathing fast, you're getting rid of too much CO2. Why the, the mystery, like when you take sodium bicarbonate, why does it work? Because when you drink it and it gets into your stomach, it hits the stomach acid. What does the stomach acid do to bicarbonate? Turns it into carbon dioxide. And that goes into the blood in the form of bicarbonate. And in the blood, bicarbonate and carbon dioxide are like twin sisters. They are two forms of the same thing, and they translate into each other almost at the speed of light with the help of an enzyme. So when you breathe slow, you increase carbon dioxide. You're retaining more. Exodium bicarbonate, you're doing the same thing. You're increasing carbon dioxide. And what's the bottom line? is the oxygen levels increase. Why? One, because the blood vessels dilate with more CO2. Makes sense. You exercise. You need more flow. So you get more blood flow when you have more CO2. And you, the oxygen disassociation curve, the, the ability of oxygen to get on and off of red blood cells. This all oxygen levels and CO2 levels and bicarbonate levels all are critical for mitochondria, which is your question. You take bicarbonate, bottom line, it gets to, it gets to the mitochondria level and it, it helps oxidation, it helps respiration, metabolism. So it's... It, one of the things in the protocol preceding these items we're talking about came later, just came about a year ago in my protocol, is something smaller, very small, using hydrogen, hydrogen gas, putting, drinking hydrogen water. Hydrogen is something very, very small, gets everywhere in the body after you drink it, and it puts out all oxidative fires, meaning... It, the, when you have respiration in the mitochondria, the waste products are very toxic. The hydrogen turns that product, that, um, that uh, radical, into water. So when you hit the mitochondria with hydrogen, with bicarbonate, and even with magnesium, magnesium is also important in the mitochondria reactions. So you're supplying all the raw materials for the mitochondria to work more efficiently. And of course, this is really important for cancer because you, you know you get over 20 breaths a minute breathing hap really fast, that's cancer breath because your, your body's ending up with less oxygen, oxygen starvation, which by many people's definition is actually, you know, why we end up with cancer because we're very starving for oxygen 
and the cells turn in desperation to fermentation, which is another way, very inefficient, dirty way of using energy. So we're dealing on the basics of life, really in the foundations using basic elements to bring people back to health. So, Dr. Circus, when you say hydrogen, are you talking about something like pharmaceutical-grade hydrogen peroxide? Like, how do you obtain hydrogen? Well, I personally have three ways, and I'm experimenting with a fourth way, which is not on the American market yet. Um, Basically, there's a... The old... I mean, all the... um, Water ionizers, a good water ionizer really works. One of the reasons it really works, especially if they're clean, is that it's not the high pH. They create hydrogen in the water when you, uh, with the electrolysis. Now, downstairs, a machine that just is not like a, uh, the old ionizers. It's a machine just makes hydrogen water. Then uh, my site, this is all on my site and my essay on molecular hydrogen. Then there are two products that's been on the market. One's been around for a long time. It's called Mega Hydrate. It's a little capsule. You you can basically just swallow the caps and drink a lot of water, and it turns the in the stomach into hydrogen. There's a, another product called H2. Again, it's a capsule. I think they've changed it. I guess it's a, it was a tablet. Now I guess it's a capsule. I'm not sure. I don't have the new ones. You put it in a bottle and uh, you close the bottle and the thing fizzes and creates one or two parts per million uh, hydrogen gas in the water. And you drink down the water. Now I'm using a product of H10. And again, you it's a little, little more complicated, but you've got a bottle. You fill it up with water and then there's a little tube inside of a tube and put this element inside the tube, and you close it and put it in the water, and it just puts out gas into the water. Uh, you do leave it overnight, and then you shake it a lot before you drink it, and you can get the concentration up to 10 parts per million. Also, for hospital use and clinical use, or you, for somebody is really, really bad off at home, there's a new machine came out, mostly designed for hospital $6,000, and you just put a mask on and you breathe, it creates hydrogen gas, and you just breathe it. So, the choices. But it's it's a gas, it's hydrogen, and it's the small, it's like, it's like getting a, um, a, a intravenous vitamin C. It's much smaller than vitamin C, it has some of the same functions as vitamin C, but because it's so small, it's very effective. It really gets everywhere into the body. Well, there's speaking of even sm- smaller than that, even small in my protocol is a, using a light. What? Well, I was just going to say. Um, I'm not hearing you. I was going to say regarding drinking the hydrogen. I think you wrote something similar about making magnesium water, magnesium bicarbonate. I think it was. That's another another way, another form of treating using water. I have a book on water called Water Medicine. 
the best waters in the world, the bottled waters in the world, are very high in magnesium bicarbonate. Mm -hmm. And it's not magnesium chloride and sodium bicarbonate. The compound is magnesium bicarbonate. Mm -hmm. And um, very strong. Very, very strong. Personally, I'm using the hydrogen water right now, not, not the magnesium bicarbonate. And what differences have you noticed in yourself once you started taking the hydrogen water? Younger? Mm-hmm. More energy? I guess, I guess the, the two strongest things. Mm-hmm. So, more hydrated, stay, stay more hydrate, you know, fully hydrated more easily. And but bottom line, definitely stronger and younger. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Circus, just to bring up what you were speaking about earlier. Um, the carbon dioxide, I think it's really interesting how um, it, the idea that's generally propagated is that carbon dioxide is simply a waste product of respiration. And um, and there's not really much emphasis placed on the importance of CO2, carbon dioxide. Um, but I know there's, you know, there's there's a couple of other people in the sort of alternative health community. I know Dr. Ray Pete. Um, He's spoken extensively about carbon dioxide and about how um, really finding ways to increase our carbon dioxide through maximizing that the oxidation of glucose or 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 lipids or whatever um, is 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 really important because, you know, as you said, it is essentially the the. um, the way that we are able to abstract as much oxygen from the environment as as possible and actually it's a carbon dioxide deficiency that that can lead to to many of these um illnesses and i just thought that was really interesting because that's something that's not generally widely accepted i don't think yeah not accepted and not really known I mean, you know, we we live in a world now where they've made carbon dioxide into, you know, enemy number one. So we should make carbon slaves out of everybody, you know. But the, the higher the carbon dioxide level goes, the plants love it. You know, the forests in the world are are, are loving the increases in carbon dioxide, um, and and it's, we don't we don't have to pay a price for it. It's not there's no such thing as global warming. For, from carbon dioxide, we actually have global cooling because the sun is going into a dormant state. So uh, carbon dioxide, it starts right there. It's a waste product. That's the biggest, that's, why is exercise so wonderful? (laughs) Bottom line, you create tons of carbon dioxide. It's like the perfect yin-yang with oxygen. More carbon dioxide, more oxygen. Oxygen is actually poisonous without carbon dioxide. If you give somebody pure oxygen from a tank and they forgot to put some carbon dioxide in it, you kill the person. Mm-hmm. Oxygen is purely <laughs> toxic without carbon dioxide. So it's even though, you know, we look at ourselves as plants, you know, plants, you know, they, they go both ways. 
in and out, depending night and day, taking in carbon dioxide and breathing out oxygen and then reversing that. We too, just because it's a, it's a way, it's a product of respiration, it doesn't mean it's, <laughs> that's just a human, you know, just like a kind of a leap. Oh, it's a waste product. I mean, it's something bad. It's not, no, no, it's a medicine. <laughs> it's, you know, you <laughs> die very quickly if you don't have carbon dioxide. It's a, it's a necessary plant for plants and, and for us. It's the same. In fact, you know, there are, if you look really deeply into physiology, we can see that there is some photosynthesis happening uh, in the level of our cells and the mitochondria. We are light-sensitive beings. And uh, so carbon dioxide really, 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 really is the, I don't know what, uh, it's like the hidden... (laughs) It's very hidden. And it comes down to breathing. How the doctor in the world talks, there are a few, a few. I mean, you get a cancer patient, they come to you or anybody with any disease, and they're breathing 25 breaths a minute. When I breathe with this machine, when I started breathing with this machine four years ago, I used to breathe at 12 breaths a minute, which is kind of textbook normal, 10 to 12 my wife's a yoga, <clears throat> yoga teacher, and she used to complain. I breathe too fast and too heavy. When I practice breathing with this breath slim, which I do almost every day, I breathe at two or three breaths a minute for 20 minutes. Mm. Life is different in the slow lane in breathing. Imagine two breaths a minute or three or four or five or six compared to 30 or 25 or even 20. It's very fast. It's and <laughs> if a person, it, you know, talk about medicine. One of the most powerful medicines. Is, go ahead. Now I was just going to ask about the breast limb. If like a person, if, what? If a person doesn't have access to that machine, is there a way that they can mimic the breast limb on their own, like with special breathing techniques? Well, sure. I mean, yoga has plenty of techniques, but the machine, it costs 50 bucks mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, lasts for five years, 10 years, who knows? The plastic is very good and it makes it easy. I mean, you can be sitting watching TV or reading on the computer or walking around mm-hmm. or just sitting and relaxing and you breathe and you can concentrate on something else. Yoga, you have to put your, you know, to breathe correctly with yoga, you have to put 100% of your energy in. With this machine, you don't, you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. So it makes, one of my most famous patients in my sodium bicarbonate book, his name was Vernon Johnston. He had prostate cancer. It had already spread to the bones. And he cured himself in 30 days by taking sodium bicarbonate, Exactly enough to keep his pH at eight, and he pra- he didn't have this breath slim, but he practiced breathing consciously four hours a day. You tell me, I can't do that four hours a day. <laughs> and he cured himself. Wow. What about a technique like this, where you breathe very slowly, diaphragmatically, into your nose for a count of say nine, and then you hold it? 
for a count of three, and then you breathe out slowly through your mouth for, uh, no, you breathe in for a count of six. You hold for three counts, and then you breathe out slowly for a count of nine. But doing something like that be similar to the effects that you yes, get with you, the breast slam. Yes, if you can really do that uh, 20 minutes or a day, or if you're cancer patient, 40 or an hour, an hour a day, Sure. That's it, good it, to hear. When you, if you really do it, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing more powerful. Mm-hmm. If you do something like that and you spend enough time, the point is how much time do you spend a day doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, it'll have the most dramatic. There's no other medicine that can really hold the same power as breathing. So it really pays off. Yeah, a lot of our listeners have been doing a program called Eruolus, which is a a breathing technique, stress management technique. So not only is it good for uh, reducing stress, you can also greatly increase your carbon dioxide levels. So it's good to hear you give that endorsement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we're with you. For sure. We're with you on the whole global cooling thing, too, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> great point there. Um, I was just going to ask if you could um, just touch upon what you meant when you said that there was some level of photosynthesis that was occurring uh, for, for the human species. Well, that's a this really, really deep subject. Um, goes back to color psychology and the chakra system. The chakra system is basically our light vehicle where we absorb light and re-radiate it. So let's look you know, like the heart chakra in our chests. It's what's called it's the color green. Color green. If we have enough green, we feel secure. If we don't have enough, we feel insecure. So the problem with uh, pro- emotional problems in the green level, or if we're not absorbing enough light, is we feel insecure. So if we're in a relationship, what do we do? We get jealous easily. We get attached. It's a, there's a whole profile of problems that come from a problem or in the, on a level of light in the specific color frequency. When I was talking before, in terms of photosynthesis, they were not really talking about color. We're talking about the full spectrum of light and its effect when it, we absorb it. And so there's a level of psychology and perception uh, in, with the colors when we divide the light into colors. And then you get down into basic energy and the structure of water. And one of the most famous water scientists, he happens to be an American, uh, he talks about what light does to water. And light is, is brings that- structure to water. Is that Dr. Gerald Pollock? Yeah, sure. Ah, okay. So his, his work is fascinating. He's a great guy, and his work is really, really right on. So even, when you, even before we get into chemistry, which is photosynthesis, what we're into with light is it's when it, it, it organizes our water, and we're really... By vi- by count, we're like 99% water. This whole 90% is 
you know, Pollock talks about 99%. So light, you know, we have an interaction between physical matter and light inside of our bodies. But it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. Red blood cells. Blood cells, very interesting. Now, these are, I'm going to give you really interesting. In fact, I'm just realizing it right now. Red blood cells are the same thing as chlorophyll. Yeah. You take you take a chlorophyll which has iron. Excuse me. Uh, no, you take chlorophyll which has, I guess, magnesium in the centers, and you knock them out and you put iron in. You have hemoglobin. It's the same chemical structure, just the nucleus of it is different. Just like chlorophyll, red blood cells are very sensitive to light. And in fact, I started on myself about a month ago a new form of therapy. I'm totally in love with it. It's, uh, it is very easy. It's not even that expensive. You can buy now. It's like a the one I have is about 700 bucks. And it, it, it has a, a, a little thing. Uh, it, it radiates out uh, red infrared light. It has two different types. And you just basically you stick it in your nose. It has a little clip, so the, the nozzle goes in your nose. You turn it on, and it's radiating red laser light into the nose. And why in the nose? Because the blood vessels are very thin, radiating the blood with red light, laser light, and you're treating the blood. You're giving a very deep treatment and uh, through different parameters of the blood. The red blood cells, they don't clump together so much. They start separating because, there's, again, we're talking about light and its effects, and their effects are very deep, all the way down to photosynthesis. So there's um, many ways to use light, and this is the newest way I'm, I'm doing it. I like it because I can sit there and I can have this one instrument with a nasal thing in my nose radiating my blood with light, red light, and then I'm using this electron machine using a voltage to like treat my feet, and uh, in my other hand I have my breathing slowly. <laughs> So I'm doing, in 30 minutes, I'm doing three treatments at the same time, getting a lot of bang for my buck, or my, for, a lot of bang for each minute spent doing therapy. Um, so just to, just to clarify, that infrared light um, is a light that you put up the nostril, and is that, um, you spoke about the structured water, and just so listeners um, understand is that Gerald Pollock, um, his experiments showed that infrared light essentially structures or induces, um, he calls it a fourth phase in the water. And it's the infrared light that is essentially absorbed by the water and, and, and it builds up this, this sort of, you could call it like a battery. And this battery is like a storage for electrical energy that can be used by the body. Um, and so is it, is it that you're using that infrared light to directly penetrate the blood and to build that energy store? Um, that's not the way they conceptualize the effect. Um, no, I use, an, I use this other instrument, microcurrent therapy, more in that line. 
the the nasal blood irradiation. Um, they don't talk about it in terms of energy. They talk about it in terms of the blood profile, how the red blood cells will start functioning better, meaning carry more oxygen. Triglyceride levels will drop. Blood sugar levels will will drop. Different parameters of the blood. And if you change the blood, you improve the blood. In Chinese medicine, it's a very deep treatment when you treat directly into the blood. And in fact, this nasal blood irradiation, you know, the doctors do it. They do it in different ways. Of course, they're much more dangerous and much more expensive. You know, they'll take the blood out of the body, radiate it, and then put it back in the body. Or they'll put a cathode inside the body or on the surface somehow and a little bit of surgery and radiate right right there from a device on the, on the skin. But these take medical procedures. <clears throat> they're expensive. They have their risks, but they're worthwhile. Obviously, a lot of people feel it's worthwhile. And here now they have these little, it looks like a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Just turn it on and bang, you just stuck out, stick it up your nose. Couldn't be any easier. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. why I like it. Nice to, have, nice to have some easy things to do. Well, speaking of cheap and easy, can you get a little bit into iodine? Because a lot of our listeners have been experiencing experimenting with taking Lugol's iodine, a couple drops a day, depending on the person. Uh, can you tell yeah. us about the importance of iodine and how it fits into your protocol? Yeah, it's super important, super, super, super important, depending on who you are and where you live. Mm-hmm. makes it even more important. For anybody in the Northern Hemisphere or even on the planet today, it's more important than ever, ever, ever before to take iodine because of Fukushima. Fukushima put out a lot of radiation, including a lot of iodine, uh, radioactive iodine. When you don't have enough iodine in your thyroid or your breasts or your ovaries or your prostate gland, all these glands can get cancer eat much more easily, easily if you don't have iodine. It makes it really important. Bottom line, if you don't have enough iodine, the thyroid becomes starved for it. And if there's any radioactive iodine flying around, it'll grab it and put it right in the thyroid. Same with fluoride. You don't have a regular iodine in your thyroid and real iodine. You get some fluoride in medication or in the drinking water. It it gets fooled into thinking because it's a halogen. It's the same kind of um, chemical compound. Go into the thyroid. Bromide, which is present in a lot of medicines, also is a halogen, looks like uh, iodine. So there's a lot of poisons that look like iodine, that if you don't have iodine, that's what goes into the thyroid and your other glands as well. So it's, it's really good for radiation, protection against especially radioactive iodine. And... And they've used it in hospitals by the gallon forever. It's been a medicine around for 150, 180 years. Uh, is it kills everything on contact? Viruses, antibiotics don't touch viruses. Viruses, bacteria, fungus, mildew, mold, candida, everything that doesn't belong. 
is, you know, if you take enough iodine, we'll kill it. Because it, it just, it's just, it's like almost like physics. You have to have enough of it. So iodine, and again, like magnesium, most people are iodine deficient. Dr. David Brownstein in Detroit tested 5,000 of his patients, and 96.4% of them were iodine deficient. Is a problem, especially for women, for their breasts and their ovaries, because the these other all these glands concentrate iodine. So iodine, and for kids, anybody who's got kids, you know, I never take my kids to the doctor. They don't get sick, but if I do, what do I give? I give them iodine. Iodine, and in the age of antibiotic-resistant bacteria. Things are getting worse and worse and worse with that. Again, iodine at very at a high enough dosages is a really potent medicine. But for protection against cancer in the glands, the prostate, ovaries, and thyroid and breasts, it's another again critical. You can't we can't live without iodine. Every cell needs it. Our metabolism depends on it. Our body temperature depends on it. Our thyroid health depends on it. So there really isn't anybody who shouldn't be taking iodine. And in reasonable dosages, depending if you have cancer, today the dosage would be between 50 and 100 milligrams. If you had syphilis 100 years ago, they'd give you even 10 times that. They'd give you a gram a day. Of iodine. Wow. Hundred, year, hundred years ago, you walk into a pharmacy, what did you find? Iodine and medical marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of iodine Iod- and uh, female issues, um, I mm. was looking for some information about uh, fibroids, like breast fibroids or uterine fibroids. Um what are your thoughts on painting iodine onto your skin for your breast or putting it on the, uh, the ab- abdomen area above the uterus or even douching or uh, having a iodine enema for the prostate? Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> <laughs> All of the above. Every, every, every one you, thing you mentioned was a good idea. Good ways of using you. One, the only thing you left out was nebulization. Um, yeah, nebulizing. The only trick about nebulization, nebulizing. It's funny. It's like um, smoking through a bong because <laughs> iodine vaporizes very fast. Mm-hmm. You know, you put it in a nebulizer. The water's colored. You turn it on, and you just see the color, and it goes right into the lungs. So you got to be careful. I mean, you can't. You got to be careful with the dosages because you really, it really goes in at one shot. But it's a wonderful. It's it's a such a basic medicine, and when any time of infection control, you and deeper infection and overall metabolism. It's super basic. And super useful for the whole family. And you don't want to get cancer. You know, don't become deficient in iodine. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. 
Okay. So it's wonderful. You're making great. Lugols is totally fine. I use Lugols and Nascent. Mm-hmm. Those are two. But there's other products. There's pills. But I don't like. I like taking liquid. It's easier. What would be a benefit of using Nascent iodine? Because I've read some studies where they don't recommend that. They recommend Lugols. What would be the difference? I know it doesn't taste as bad it's, if you're going to drink it. But is there a benefit, one or yeah, the other? It's, you know, it, it's a little bit theoretical. And there's one practical side. The dosage is... It's easier to get a much lighter dose. So for children or iodine-sensitive people, some people have to start out really slow, take a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then a little more, and then a little more, and and slowly, because it can be, you know, detox the thyroid very quickly, and there's a lot of crap in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So some people... So the Nascent is a really good one to start with if you're very iodine deficient or using for kids because it's, it's, it's more expensive and it's a lower dosage. Where Lugols, I mean, you get to 2%, 5%, 8%, or 15%. So you can get different concentrations. Um, but they're both very good, and I, I use both. Mm-hmm. I use both. I like both. I don't. For myself, I don't see the difference. I never count the drops. <laughs> I take dropperfuls. You know? I usually take two dropperfuls. And I do that maybe once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Have you had any of the reactions that people experience from taking that high of a no. dose of iodine? No. no. Ne- never. Never felt a thing. Yeah, because some people have had some some really bad reactions. Yeah, sure. That's why they need to take those kind of people. The minute you have a reaction, you start all over and you take, you know, even half a drop. I mean, you get the body used to it. It's it's a complicated thing for some people. Mm -hmm. But you can resolve that by really minimizing the dose and then through day by day by day, slowly increasing it. So, doc- uh, Doctor Sir, go ahead, Ellie. Sorry, go. Oh, I was um, I was just going to ask: Is there any specific type of nutritional protocol that you would recommend for any individual, or does that differ between people? Well, sure, it differs between people, and that's for sure, because not everybody's the same. Not everybody has the same type of metabolism. Uh, I'm not a dietitian. You know, I'm the kind of person who's gotten away with eating whatever he wanted, you know, his whole life. Uh, now I'm 64, and my body's a little more, se- quite a bit more sensitive, so, but I'm still, you know, not really good with my diet. My recommendations, though, my protocol, uh, I use super medicines like uh, super super superfoods. Spirulina is something I've been involved with for 35 years. Um, one of the things on my protocol are liquid seeds. It's um, you know you can just zip open these two ounce package and throw it in your mouth like an astronaut, <laughs> and it's seeds, which is incredible nutrition. 
And in one two-ounce little package, you get like eight to ten servings of vegetables, eight to ten servings of two to three servings of very healthy fat. So for very, you know, my recommendation for cancer patients is low sugar. And in general, low sugar. And people, everybody's, most people, too much sugar. And uh, using superfoods. I mean, there's a lot of things in between. I, I love nutritional yeast to get my bees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live at the end of the world where the food is still good. <laughs> I get local eggs, local milk, you know, raw milk. A lot, a lot of different, eat tremendous amount of manga, avocado, all grows locally here. Mm. Sounds like a good place to live. Um, we're coming up on our time. I know you said before that you yeah. had about an hour. Um, can you spend just a minute or two just giving us a case study of somebody that you treated that stands out? Like what was going on with them and what kind of treatments did you uh, implement for them and what the results were? <laughs> well, most of my work, you know, most of my work, first of all, is online. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't work with people here in Brazil. Sanctuary. I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing in the future, but it's very clear that if I'm going to work with people face to face here, you know, it's going to be not so much for the medicines that they can do at home, but for the deep psychology. You know, work on a mental, emotional, and spiritual level. It's really what I'm best at doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of my most of my patients are have been cancer patients, and of course, I've seen you know all kinds of responses. You know, I've seen people at de- people at death's door uh, who you know doctors give even weeks, and they go on the full protocol, and they're alive. And they could thank me, you know, for, but they apply, you know, the full protocol. And you can go to my site, drcircus.com, that's D-R-S-I-R-C-U-S.com. And at the top, you see a protocol page, a link uh, on the menu item. And it goes through the whole, pro- shows you a listing of the protocol. Um, it gives you on. OGM gives you the uh, links to the companies that sell the product. Um, to my dashboard and see the whole protocol. So for things like cancer, I recommend the whole protocol. You know, certain diseases, you know, I get, again, online, all kinds of things. And... But it's usually I don't see people in depth, meaning I'll get see the, talk to them for half hour, an hour. Mm. And so I don't have that much follow through. So I can't just go, OK, here's a person, you know, unless I've written about them in my one of my books or something, mm. the real details. But the, the, the results of, you know, vary a lot. Uh, most people, you know, do respond very well. Because you're dealing with the basics. You know, you plant. You give it water and minerals, it's going to be very happy. <laughs> so, and, and I have a page, uh, you know, I have this book called Treatment Essentials. It's now, it's, it's getting to be a pretty big book, like 600 pages. But it has a chapter on each, each aspect 
each of the elements. And really, it's, it's, it's easy to learn and pretty easy to practice, though it takes work, meaning it's not like Western medicine. You take one pill in the morning and one at night, and that's it. <laughs> you, know, you don't do anything to change. You don't change your breathing. You don't change your emotion. You don't look at your stress. Mm-hmm. You just take your pharmaceutical poison, and you're supposed to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, Natural healing is work, and each person is different. And some people really have to go deep into themselves to really see what's going on. I mean, it's not just, we're not, we are not cars. I mean, we're not just a machine. You know, our bodies respond very much to what we think, how we feel, what our spiritual relationship is with the other people, with the whole. You know, all. I'll, I'll give you a story. <clears throat> we have another minute or two? Sure. I had a, you know, as I say, I don't treat people here in Brazil, uh, mostly for legal reasons and privacy reasons, and mostly for safety. You know, if I was doing my work in in the United States, they'd probably be dead already. They'd probably kill me or throw me in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they go after doctors who step too far out of line. I had a. Uh, I was actually I was here at Sanctuary. We hadn't finished yet, and we were still building. And uh, my wife and I were here. The kids weren't here. And uh, we got a call and from one of her old best friends who was, had stomach and pancreatic cancer. All of a sudden, the doctors wanted to just remove her uh, organs. And so we brought her here to the sanctuary. So it was a friend. And... In the first few days treating her, I mean, of course, I gave her the saloon. But in the first few days, I went really, really deep into her and saw that her basic disease was her total unhappiness with her life. Mm-hmm. And I won't even get into details, but I suggest, you know, really pointed this out, really got in with my wife's help and into her into her vulnerability and really got her to see these things. And actually gave her a solution, meaning she could leave her life and come live with us here at Sanctuary and work with us. And in the first week this was all happening, her stomach pain stopped. She looked better. She was feeling better. uh, Really, I I was just floored. I felt like I I healed her of cancer in four days. (laughs) But, make a long story again short, Eventually, she kind of freaked out, turned her back on all the the possible newness and ran back to her family and her life that she didn't like and died. Hmm. So just to show you the power, I mean, it's not all just the medicines you take. Mm -hmm. It's what your situation is, what you need to change. Disease is usually a cry for change, you know, you got to change something, and there's usually something we don't want to change, no matter what. Exactly. <laughs> and for many of us, there's many things we don't want to change. I and have a quick question we for die you. From those lack of willingness to do what we need to do. I, I have a quick question for you. You mentioned earlier that you originally had hmm. training in shiatsu, so uh, massage. Do you use? I know you said you use massage personally. Do you use massage therapy as uh, your recommendations in your protocol? 
So again, the woman you were speaking of, you know, Mm -hmm. holding anger and resentment and injury in her body. Can you speak a little bit about that as far as your training as a, as a therapist in that way or, and, and how you use your personal, you know, massage treatments for your health? I train. Yeah, I've gotten more. I've gotten more magnesium massages than anybody on the planet. I can guarantee <laughs> that. I always, you know, here in Brazil, we always have a maid. You know, it's just part of the culture. And if you have anything more than the minimum salary. Uh, I always train my maids to give me a massage. So I always, somebody in my staff is always available to give me a massage. So I get like five a week. And that's the same thing. And I don't have cancer. I'm not battling for my life. You know, I live a very stressful life in terms of my work and in the world and things like that. You know, you talk about global warming or global cooling or about the immigrants or Islam or refugees and people just go crazy. Mm-hmm. And get very violent. And, um, but bottom line, I recommend for all cancer patients every day or five days a week a magnesium massage. And it doesn't have to be a professional. It can be your wife or a husband or kids. You put the magnesium oil on the body and you don't have any training. You just pretend you're doing a suntan lotion. <laughs> and you touch. You know, touch. Touch is very important. You know, if you don't touch a baby, you don't touch them at all, they die. Mm-hmm. And they did experiments in World War II about that. Touch, you know, I'm definitely into touch. You know, what is sex? Is intense. You know, where the, the electrons and the energy really flow intensely. But like, is is like pure touch. Mm-hmm. And massage is personal touch. So combining touch with magnesium is wonderful because the magnesium addresses the physiology and the touch addresses the emotions, the mind, the spirit. You know, we receive love through touch. One medicine and comes to help. So, you know, when you're suffering, when you're suffering, there's nothing better than a massage and a biomat. You know, getting laying on your far infrared mattress. You know, you got, you got flu. Well, I tell everybody I'm going to die on my biomat. It's the only <laughs> place to be. I mean, <laughs> slathered in magnesium oil. <laughs> well, that I can do without. With the deathbed, it'd be because you know the infrared. When, at night, you jump into this mattress onto this mattress. It's you know been warming up for a half hour. Oh, it's like jumping into the arms of your lover. I mean, it's just <laughs> so nice. Of course, if it's cold out, you know, and it's really, really nice because then you went into a warm bed. There's nothing in a cold night, but better than that. So anyway, that's the basis of the call. There are lots of other details and other items in it. Um, you know, it's, through the years, it's gotten very, very complete. And... And, uh, um, but we talked about a lot. 
Yeah, we did, and there's so much more to cover. Can you mention some of the books that people can uh, use as a resource? You already mentioned the Treatment Protocols book. What about some of your other books that they can find on your website? It's called Treatment Essentials. Treatment Essentials. Uh, Essentials. On my website, you have books on magnesium. Two books on magnesium. My book, Medical Marijuana, just came out in New York in paperback and hardback. Mm -hmm. came out last week. Uh, medical marijuana, of course, is very important in the protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, a book on iodine, selenium. I have the, one of the few books, I guess the only current book published on selenium, uh, which everybody also selenium goes a long, long way. Um, I have a book on love and sex medicine, which is, you know, very personal and Sex, of course, is a, is a medicine, and how our sexual stress is one of the forms of stress, especially for women, but for men too. Uh, um, it plays havoc in people's systems. I have a 500-page book. It's called, not even a book. It's a compendium on cancer, which kind of covers a lot of ground. Uh, uh, I have a book on water. I have lots of books. <laughs> Lots of books. So go to go to my site, go to the book page. Um, but in terms of in print, is the magnesium uh, the, the, uh, my magnesium transdermal book is in print. My carbonate book is in print. The marijuana book is in print, and I have a book on oxygen, anti-inflammatory oxygen therapy, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. You know, exercising with using concentrated oxygen. So I have that's also published in New York. So I have that's in print, but all of these are also available in eBooks on my website. Okay, lots of reading to that, do. And with that, people, I, uh, I thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here with you guys. Thank you so much, Doctor Circus, for coming on today and sharing all your knowledge. I'm glad our and connection your experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, so that's our show for today. My pleasure. Thank, Thank you very you. much, Dr. Circus. Thanks, thanks, Dr. Circus. Okay. Have a great day. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. You too. Okay, so that is our show for today, folks. Be sure to join us next week. Next Friday for another episode of the Health and Wellness Show, and you can also check out the other uh, Truth Perspective or Behind the Headlines, Sunday on the Sot Talk Radio Network. Thanks to all of our listeners. Thanks to all of our chatters. Thanks, Elliot and Erica. And we will see you next week. <laughs>